From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Friday, December 17th. I'm Sarah Wright. The Potter Valley Project is in a phase of uncertainty, but a recent feasibility study could be a blueprint for a future that includes a diversion without dams. The deadline for the license application is coming up in mid-April, and PG&E, which owns the project, has made it clear that it does not intend to renew. The coalition seeking to take over the license hasn't come up with the money it needs to fund the necessary studies. And PG&E is not paying for a costly repair at the powerhouse that drastically reduces the amount of water the project is able to divert from the Eel River into Lake Mendocino. The new study, a technical memorandum funded by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife with cannabis taxes, posits a few strategies for decommissioning the dams and building structures to continue seasonal diversions. Darren Maru, the North Coast Director of California Trout, signaled that he favors the rapid removal option with pumping. Caltrout is a member of the Two Basin Partnership, the coalition of entities that has filed a notice of intent to take over the license, but Maru's not speaking on behalf of the entire partnership here. He says sediment, both of the sandy and the rocky varieties, will play a large role in how any of the alternatives is carried out. Sediment buildup that reduced the capacity of the Van Arsdale Reservoir behind Cape Horn Dam was a large part of the reason Scott Dam and Lake Pillsbury were built in 1922, 14 years after Cape Horn. You're going to have an impact with sediment release, and you could do that once, or you could do that four times, and each time has about the same caliber of impact. So it seems reasonable that let's do this all at once and and sort of get past that impact and, and start getting the dam out. We would time it in in a way that, you know, most of the fish are coming up the Eel River and heading into tributaries. So they're going to be distributed out of that effect zone. Like I said, this is a feasibility level study right now. So um, a lot more detailed study will unfold. We will we will certainly want to remove or we want to have PG&E removed, to be honest, the entirety of Scott Dam. It, it needs to go. With regard to Cape Horn Dam, it's a little... It's a little trickier because it's the diversion point for water going into the Russian River, and, and we're committed to maintain that that reliable water supply. And so we need to figure out how to do that. And this study actually is, is really groundbreaking for us because we now have three alternative infrastructures that we think would safely and reliably provide that that water supply to the Russian River. And those, those ranges, that, that range of three alternatives you know, is, is yet to be really considered and sorted through and negotiated on, but we have some good tools now. We have some good concepts on paper that we can start looking at. And and those have a varying degree of Cape Horn Dam removal from sort of partial removal to complete removal. There are also three alternatives for the water diversion. And I, I think the first one, C1, involves pumping and it's right. the cheapest to build, but then it would cost you know, up to $360,000 a year to to operate and maintain. And so I'm wondering um, what the advantage of this one would be over the other two, which are, you know, a little more expensive to build, but then the, the operation and maintenance costs, I think, are... They're still at around $200,000 a year. Any any water management, any water diversion at that location is going to have some some annual operations and maintenance costs. That's unavoidable. And the, the advantage of the full removal of Cape Horn Dam with that pumped diversion approach is that you get all of the obstruction out of the river that might impair fish passage. That, that alternative for Cape Horn Dam does that the best. Um, and it does shift the cost, I think, to the water users instead of the fish side where it appropriately needs to be. 
Reached by phone yesterday, Congressman Jared Huffman acknowledged that PG&E ratepayers are likely to get stuck paying for any alternative that ends up being implemented at the project. But, he said, ratepayers are already paying for hydropower costs, and PG&E is currently operating the Potter Valley project at a loss of about $9 million a year. Maru says what happens next depends on the federal regulators. What would be the triggering event to find out for sure if the surrender and decommissioning process is going to happen? FERC will order it, yeah. The next couple of steps will likely be the partnership withdrawing its notice of intent. And and we're we're reasonably certain that will happen in 22, at least by the the expiration date of the license itself, which is April 14th, 2022. Uh, And then FERC will will turn and and order PG&E into that surrender and decommissioning process. Reasonably certain that will happen. Uh, and then, then it's PG&E, the license holder's obligation to respond, start developing a plan for that decommissioning, uh, and go forward from there. And you know, it, it's it's well known that decommissioning doesn't always entail complete removal of the facilities. Huffman said that although surrender and decommission scenarios do differ, a dam that blocks an adramus fish passage, as Scott Dam does, would have to meet a set of regulatory standards so significant that, quote, when you add it all up, you see where agencies have weighed in, the only way to meet standards is to remove the dams. The last relicensing of the Potter Valley project took 34 years. Maru says time is of the essence for the fish, which are drawing nearer to extinction. Huffman hopes the condition of Lake Mendocino and the crippled transformer in the powerhouse should create a great sense of urgency. If the partnership doesn't withdraw its notice of intent to apply, FERC is likely to wait until the application deadline in April, just as the dry season is getting underway, before making the pivotal order. We have an obligation to submit a final license application, and we've indicated to FERC that we are unlikely able to do that. And so we're sort of waiting to see how they respond to that. Okay, so you don't actually have to withdraw the NOI, you just have to miss the deadline. One or the other <laughs> okay. will happen. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news, photos, and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.